everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered Franchising, powered by Scott Milas, FranchiseCoach.com. I am your host, Scotty Milas. All Things Considered Franchising is a podcast dedicated to the franchising industry and the future or current entrepreneur, people looking to uh, learn more about business ownership, whether through franchising or just as an independent. Scott Milo's FranchiseCoach.com is a company that I own, a consulting organization that helps people research and explore business opportunities, helping you build a business model, and then presenting options to you that are a best fit scenario. So today I have somebody that I have gotten to know over the years um, who has, I think, probably the best handle, the best finger uh, on the pulse when it comes to business financing. Uh, when there's uh, when when you're considering options, um, and that is the president and founder of Creative Funding. Uh, I'm pleased to welcome Mona Janes. Mona, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, you know, you and I have been connected for a while now. I I don't want to say how long, but uh, we've been connected for a while. And uh, your expertise in funding options, uh, and I think there's a big difference between speaking to somebody who works for a specific organization and is selling a service versus speaking to someone like you, is that you are someone who listens, paints a profile of somebody, and then presents options on the financing side based on the, I guess, the financial picture of a individual or a uh, couple or whatever it may be. Um, is that correct about what you're doing? I think one of the things that is important to me in helping clients strategically figure out their funding is I have to get to know them, types of businesses they're looking at so we can kind of put that puzzle together. So you're, you're really just kind of, in an essence, as a consultant, a financial consultant and and primarily working with some brands directly, but in most cases, working with consultants like myself and helping their clients or our clients kind of get a better idea of whether they would qualify for something, whether they're over their head in something or they're kind of zeroed in exactly where they should be and then presenting all of the different financing options that would be available for that particular situation. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think that funding can be, you know, uh, figuring out their strategy can be a little daunting. And there's programs out there that a lot of clients don't realize that are available to them to put that funding together. And I think the most important thing, Scott, is while somebody is capitalizing their business today, it's important for me to make sure that they want to expand their business, um, you know, putting the right fund funding together today is important as expanding that business down the road. So it's not about just helping them figure it out today. What's their future look like and be able to expand that business where they didn't bet the farm? No, that, that's a great point. From the outset. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So to educate our audience, um, let's start with what I call funding 101. And maybe you can explain, take some time here and explain the different types of funding options 
that are potentially available to qualified clients? I mean, uh, let, let's play funding 101. So what are some of the basic uh, ways for people to fund a startup? Assuming that they qualify for, you know, they're qualified for funding. And again, qualifications really become become liquidity and credit score. But talk about the different options that are out there that people can explore that you work with uh, uh, helping clients uh, kind of learn more about. Well, in my... I'm going to say my age here, my 30 years of experience of helping clients figure out this strategy. If it is a small business loan, an SBA loan, I want the clients to understand that it is not the small business administration lending money. It's the banks lending the money and the banks all have certain criteria, and that client has to fit into that bank criteria. So it's almost like the parting of the sea. You've got Loans under 150, which are called working capital express loans, they've got loans, you know, I call 7A, which is over 150 and up. Each have similar criteria, the rates and terms are the same, but the cash injection is different on either side of the fence. But a lot's going to come down to, is this a home-based business or is this a brick and mortar? And Scott, I will tell you, one of the classic mistakes people make when they're doing a brick and mortar business and what I emphasize to them is to pay attention to their build out costs because we don't want them to get to closing to find out they estimated a certain project cost and then it's lower or higher than what they anticipated so my goal is to make sure we go down every line item on that item seven and make sure we have enough money to close on that loan so they can open their doors so there's Definitely SBA loans, depending on is it a single unit or a multiple unit, that's one option. Um, sometimes clients don't want to do uh, lending and they don't want to do a loan. So we look at ways they could capitalize it more on a personal side, maybe a home equity line of credit. They talk about that criteria. Cash, um, barred against a stock account, um, you know, cashing out Roth accounts, you know, tapping into retirement money without being taxed or penalized, maybe there's partners and we got to puzzle this together with partners. So it really comes down to who my borrower is and what they're buying so we can puzzle that together. So they're comfortable with making that step to move forward with their business and they have plenty of money to do that. And again, we don't put them in a poor house or divorce court, so to nope. say. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the one of the main reasons that people fail at business ownership or a business really never gets started is because they've undercapitalized themselves. They didn't get the proper funding or they overcapitalized and now are paying back a loan that they never really thought they would have to pay back, whatever the circumstances. But you brought up a really interesting point about SBA loans. And and I'm glad you brought it up because there is this misnomer about people, at least on, on, on a lot of the clients that I talk to, that it's not the SBA that's lending, it's the SBA backing the loan to the bank in the, in the event that it did default, and it's the bank that's actually lending the money. So the criteria for each bank, ABC Bank, DEF Bank, if you presented the same loan to those two banks, it is conceivable that one bank would say yes, and one bank would say no, it's based on what the the bank itself, the financial institution, is comfortable lending within its portfolio. Some may do food, 
Some may not do food. Some may do more or less brick and mortar. Some may do more brick and mortar or, you know, and less service-based or home-based businesses. Is that a great, is that a good way of looking at it? That's a great way of looking at it, Scott. Um, again, it comes down to a lot of people confusing consumer lending with small business loans lending. You know, consumer lending is your car, your credit card, your mortgage. Those are a different set of rules on, on lending. And then you've got the SBA, which is usually bank rate, you know, plus prime. But what I tell clients is an SBA loan is almost like two folds. The first thing the bank has to do is to make sure the borrower passes SBA eligibility. And there's a criteria that the bank has to go through, you know, is our borrower. Remember, this is government-backed money. So they're going to do a background check. You know, if a client had a bankruptcy in the past, doesn't mean it's a deal breaker where they can't get an SBA loan. There's criteria that we have to go forward right. to say, you know, just because you had a bankruptcy, a lot of people go, wow, I, I can't get a business loan. Well, that's not true because there's many factors I have to dig into to make sure that we can go forward with an SBA loan. You know, a lot of people say, I don't have a job. I can't get an SBA loan. That's not true. It's really understanding my client and putting together that puzzle that says, this is why you could qualify because you had a bankruptcy or you're not currently working. Um, uh, and when clients say, well, my credit score is, you know, 720, that's a good score. But I have to take it into a further accountable. It's great. You have a great credit score, but let's talk about maybe credit card debt. Are you over the maximum right. amount? And Scott, I'm going to say this to you, but there is sometimes where somebody has too much liquid based on the business that they're looking at. They may not qualify for an SBA loan because they are too liquid. Now, that's a kind of a crazy number. If somebody's sitting with $2 million in a stock account, wants to borrow $200,000, there probably are better right. avenues for funding than an SBA loan. So again, it's really understanding my client's profile and who they are and how much they're buying. There's so many factors. It's peeling an onion. You got to peel yep, it back exactly. to get yep, to no, the end result. And I, and I think that's why your your methods and and and, and working with my clients um, has really helped them understand what they should be looking at. In other words, somebody may call me up and say, Scott, I'm interested in food. And, you know, that brick and mortar is five, six hundred thousand dollars. But when you start peeling back the onion on the profile, financial profile, you know, this five, six hundred thousand dollar investment is really going to be a seven, eight hundred thousand dollar investment. You know, I may be exaggerating here. So um, so peeling back that onion is very important. So let's jump the gun, because outside of the SBA, there's uh, what we call the ROBS. There are term loans. Um, there's, uh, well, there are merchant type loans uh, that we don't get involved in that a lot. That's typically for people that are looking for immediate cash or a remodel. But talk to the audience about when they should look at a ROBS, a rollover, utilizing uh, a retirement fund. When is the best case scenario to really consider using retirement funds in your role, in your IRA or in a corporate uh, uh, being administered by a corporation, um, because it is your retirement money. And, and let's face it, I mean, 
it, it, it's, it may be free money or interest free, but it is still your retirement money. So walk us through that program and when should when people should really, you know, kind of look into that. So the way to explain the Roth rollover to clients is again, getting a financial picture of, you know, each option that they have. And if I feel that we have to access that retirement money, it's because of a multitude of things. It could be because they don't have the percentage of cash injection that the bank wants them to see to bring to the table for their skin in the game. Or if it's such a low investment that it doesn't make sense to do an SBA loan and they're sitting with you know several hundred thousand in a retirement account that we can't access. We can't access all retirement money. It has to be more of money that's in a previous retirement account from a previous employer, uh, a traditional IRA, not inherited IRA, but uh, cannot be a Roth. Um, so we have to one, identify what retirement account is accessible. Right. But I think the biggest thing, Scott, you kind of pointed out, which you were dead on, is, you, is, is the retirement money. So I think the way I explain the ROPS to clients is there's the ability to set this up and, and this could be an hour call on a ROP, so it's not like I can get, you know, through the whole process. But at the end of the day, the whole purpose, I think, that I believe in the ROPS is to be able to, the way it's set up, because there's different accounts you can set up right. that allows the business to be able to take some of that profit, share it with them as an employee, and build wealth in a retirement account. And it's really helping the client understand that you can lower your corporate tax liability and you can continue to build wealth in a retirement account if it's set up properly. So it's kind of a win-win for the owner, which is looking for tax deductions. When they become an employee, they're looking to build wealth in their retirement account. So if it, again, if it's explained properly, there's two advantages to this ROPS. And sometimes, let's face it, it's great to have a business where you're not, you don't have any business debt. Right. So all the revenue that you're getting or a percentage of it could help you continue to build wealth for your future. So it's really strategically explaining the ROPS to the client and the way they identify it in layman's terms, instead of throwing, you know, certain things at it, really breaking it down piece by piece. I, I, I tell clients that the ROPS is kind of like having an iPhone. An <laughs> iPhone can text messages, you can watch uh, YouTube, you can watch, uh, you know, you can do little things on your phone. But if you haven't really dug into the manual of that iPhone and the creative things that that iPhone can do, you haven't dug into the ROPS to understand the benefits of ongoing benefits. And I think that's where classy people go out read on the internet, the ROPS, and they're completely lost. But I break right. it down is beginning, middle, and end. And I think that's where they finally have that aha moment. Wow, this makes sense for me to tap into it. I want to be sensitive that people are using their retirement money. So I want to help them continue to build and grow and expand their business and continue to build retirement money. It's got to be explained properly. Right. No, absolutely. In those integral parts. So we're talking to Mona Jaynes, president and founder of Creative Funding, uh, Mona's uh, organization. 
uh, helps people research and explore the financial options to financing a startup business or an existing business, a potential resale. Um, I'm Scotty Miles. I'm the host of All Things Considered, and we kind of take talking about right now the options to financing. So, Mona, let's let's jump into something that I think is very very important, and it seems to go to the wayside for a lot of people. I shouldn't say a lot of people, but a good percentage of people that are exploring business ownership, they seem to think that the financing side or understanding the financing side is more of the last resort, whereas I try to preach and guide my clients to get to them to talk to you sooner, earlier in the process than later. I always look at it that it would really it's really difficult to get somebody excited about something and then find out after they talk with you or talk to a few banks directly, which I don't encourage because they're not presenting the business opportunity correctly, um, they're not not—they're turned down for financing. So when you look at, and you've been doing this for years, you're an expert at this. So if you were talking to our audience, the people who are considering business ownership for the first time, a startup, a franchise, let's say, when should they start investigating or learning about the financing options in their process? Great question, Scott. I would say as soon as possible, and here's why. When I have a call with a client, my only goal on that call is to educate them on different finance options. So when we go through their financial, you know, profile, you know, how much is in cash and, you know, equity. And when I'm getting a good financial picture on them, that's when I can come back to the client and say, now, listen, you've got three to four options to capitalize this business. Then I go through each option, each component in more detail of what we're doing now, of course. And that gives the client kind of an aha moment that says, wow, I didn't realize I had so many options. And right. these are great options. Now, I don't know what I'm buying, and I don't know what they're buying. So what I want them to do is knowing that we've got options from lending of 100000 to about half a million, because I'm going to tell them exactly. You've got options from a low end of 100 to a high end of a half a million. I only want that client to go out and find that business that makes sense for them. They're doing their due diligence to see if business ownership is even for them at this stage. But as right. they progress with you, and they find the business that they're looking for, when they get down to typically two businesses, they're kind of comparing, then they, us, we circle back, the client and I, to break down. Now we know how much money they need. Now we can get a better feel. Is this option better? Is this option better? Is this option better? I mean, I can pretty much tell somebody on the phone, as long as they don't have these crazy skeletons in their closet, what they could qualify for a loan without even sending them to a bank because I've been doing this so long. Not right. that I want to put anything in writing, but like let them clearly see why they can afford it. It's not just throwing out you can get this and break it down. You've got the cash injection here. You've got the postal, post-closing liquidity here. So they really envision that how they can afford it because I've explained what the bank criteria is and how they qualify. So it's it's almost, you know, it, it's almost like I guess the audience should look at this like it's it's almost like buying a house. Matter of fact, it's probably the same thing in uh, buying a house, buying a car. You have to know what you're going to qualify for and understand 
the financials behind the numbers. I call it a reality check, a gut check. I mean, the person who calls. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, here's what I want to add to that. It is like that. Nobody's pulling their credit. Right, exactly. About that. I'm not, I don't need to pull credit. As long as a client is being forth, you know, forthcoming with me, and not 100% of them are, because they know I'm on their team to try and help them do this. I don't run into issues later down the road because that client was forthcoming with me, but what they had either in their past or, you know, where they're headed in their job, they're leaving their job. So they really, they, they really are honest with me. So I don't have to pull credit and that's, right. it's kind of like a house. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's the reality check. Like I said, you know, somebody calling up uh, mm -hmm. saying, Hey, look, I want it. I saw this ABC brand and I'm really interested in it. Um, it's a half a million dollar investment, but when they get done talking to you, they may realize that that half a million dollar investment based on their profile may be slightly out of reach. Whereas you would turn around and say, hey, look, instead of a half a million dollars, maybe based on your profile, unless you bring in, as you mentioned before, a partner, um, you know, uh, some type of other investor in the business, uh, you should really probably stick between 200 and 300,000 in an investment. It kind of, you know, kind of manages the expectations of that client. And of course, that client can make a decision at that point, I'm going to go save some more money so I can get that half a million dollar business. Or thank you, Mona. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to work on the two to $300,000 investment. I don't want to go that uh, far deep into the process. You know, Scott, it's like a client on the phone that really wants to buy a business, but maybe they've got some credit hiccups, right? Uh, they're passionate about owning something. I don't want to squash their dreams. I want to help them figure out how can they move forward to that next chapter because they got a few dings on their credit. Dings often can be repaired. So right. I guide them through how to repair that. And I also want to know the time frame of it. So I'm not saying, you know, everybody that, you know, uh, I I have a really sincere need to help people, you know, better themselves and better their future. No, that's do. great. I mean, it's great. So let's let's jump guns. I mean, I think we've given everybody a a, 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 a comfort margin here that, uh, at least my clients are introduced to you. Obviously, there's an option to talk to you. I always encourage it uh, because it doesn't cost them anything. Uh, and most of the consultants that you're working with, like me, uh, don't, you know, there isn't a fee for setting up a conversation with you. Um, it's only helpful in the process. It eliminates any distractions. It eliminates any disappointment later on. If anything, it helps speed up the process to get a better understanding. But let's talk about financing today because, uh, you know, we're all reading about what's going on. Uh, you know, this great recession we were supposed to have hasn't come yet. Uh, interest rates have risen. Uh, that was expected. Uh, we all saw that coming. Um, how is this all playing in the decision process for people or how should it play in people's decision process to become a business owner, an entrepreneur, kind of get into that, you know, American dream. I mean, is that, is it, is lending still viable? 
I mean, is it, I mean, are banks still talking Absolutely. to people or considering people? Scott, I haven't seen any of this, you know, what's going on in the world today, stopping many people from buying businesses. They're focused on their future. They're focused on building something on their own. Um, it, it hasn't, it hasn't affected anybody I'm speaking with because they're, you know, I believe in whatever, you know, I mean, whatever goes up must come down. Sure, the rates are going to come down eventually when nobody knows. But has it changed the mindset of the buyer? Not really. It could be more of, you know, a different strategic planning other than right. an SBA loan because rates tend to be a little high right now. But anybody that you know, can't have any other way of capitalizing a business and they do do an SBA loan, it's not stopped them. Not many right. people I'm talking to. They're focused on their future. So right. it's actually, I'm very busy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, busy. It, it's busy time. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, a couple of years ago when the uh, when, when COVID hit, I think all of us in this industry probably had our disaster plans uh, all in place. And, you know, what are we going to do next? Because we all figured that the ball was going to drop. But uh, it, it opened a lot of doors and got people thinking about business ownership. And uh, I, I know my business has, you know, quadrip you know quad quadrupled uh triple quadrupled and i know you're busier than ever so uh any last thoughts here mona about you know um i'll tell you one thing that's i'll tell you yeah, one on. thing scott that's changed you know again being in this industry as long as i've been in it my average client looking for a business their age was about 48 to 60. That was the average age. What am I seeing today? 21 to 60. Yep. Looking at businesses. So I, a lot I, I, more yeah. younger people wanting to do things on their own. Kind of nothing like their parents work the job 30 years, get a watch for retirement, and see you later. <laughs> These right. you know, they wanna they wanna build something. And I'm seeing people find more and more multiple territories and multiple units because you and I both know to, to be very successful, a single unit territory is fine, but a multiple makes sense and a multiple brick and mortar makes sense. So I'm seeing people buy more and more of those. Yep, so there's yep. been a, a change in that area. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I want to add uh, that. Yeah, no, it, uh, I'm glad you did. Uh, Mona, you know, um, it's been great talking to you. We've been talking to Mona James, president and founder of Creative Funding, a financial consulting organization that works with people uh, providing guidance, research, and education, uh, much like what I do on the franchising side, but they do it on the financing side is making people comfortable about what their investment is all about and how they're going to uh, finance the business. And in some cases, uh, Mona has been direct with uh, clients, and I think she indicated this earlier in a conversation that, hey, look, you've got all this cash, go out and pay cash for the business. Uh, so it isn't always about the financing side. It's always about the best decision on what direction to go in, that roadmap I call. Um, for those of you who would like to uh, reach out to Mona and speak to her about financing options, Mona, what is the best way for someone to get a hold of you? Is there a website that they can go to or email or phone? 
Uh, okay. Yep. We'll have your contract. Creativefunding.net. Creative funding by design. I just lost my train of my own company. Yeah, we'll name. put up the. We'll have Creative the, funding uh, by design. Yeah, we'll all have it up there on the screen. But I didn't know if there was anything uh, additional. But uh, Mona, it's been great talking with you. I look forward to continuing working with you. Um, uh, you bring no, a lot Scott, of. It's been great. It's yeah, been you great. bring Your a lot clients. of value. Yeah, you bring a lot of value to the table. And, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day um, about you and your services. And I said, you know, in all the years that I've been using your services or pointing my clients to your services, I don't think I can ever recall anything negative or anybody calling me up and saying the information she gave me was incorrect. And I think that goes a long way wow, to the value. Well, it goes a long way to the value that you're bringing to the table. And much like, and one of the reasons that we have some synergies working together and I feel comfortable is that as I run my business, it's always about my client's best interests. Mm -hmm. You're always looking at the client in their best interest and not in your best interest. Um, so uh, it's uh, I think there's a, there, 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 it's something to be considered when people are looking at business to speak with you, um, because it may not be the right time for them to open the business financially. And uh, and I know you don't hold back telling people. Well, that. Scott, I think your clients also your clients also appreciate that you do that introduction. They feel like you have their best interest of bringing me into this picture for you because you want to make sure that they too can afford the business. Um, and, and you want to give them that piece that yeah. helps their continue on with their due diligence. So I'm an extension of you um, as well. And it's just, a, it's a puzzle. My job is to put together yeah. the funding. Your, your role, your goal is to find them the right business. So I think they feel appreciative that you did put that us together because they feel like you're looking out for their best right. interests as well. So don't think, short sell yourself. Yeah, there I think you really hit the nail on the appreciate head. Appreciate the hard work you do. No, I appreciate that. I, I I think you just hit the nail on the head that this part of the process, the financing side, is not a vanilla or chocolate Sunday. This is a this 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 is a a, no. a this is a process that should be looked at and explored at from every direction, northeast, south, and west. So, uh, but everybody, we've been talking this to Mona. This is 57. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've been talking to uh, Mona Janes, president and founder of Creative Funding. Uh, you've been listening to All Things Considered Franchising. I'm your host, Scott, Scotty Milas, uh, president and founder of scottmilasfranchisecoach.com. If you need more information or like to reach out to Mona, follow the, uh, follow the contact information. Uh, if you're watching the video, if you are listening on audio, you can uh, call me at 860-751-9126 or email me, scott at scottmilasfranchisecoach.com, and I'd be glad to uh, possibly, I'd, I'd be glad to forward your information or have you reach directly out to Mona for financing questions. So this is Scotty Milas, All Things Considered Franchising. Until next time, have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.